0: All right. All right, man. Shall we do this? Yeah, let's do it. You ready? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Bad Hops Podcast, a baseball podcast where we discuss everything but the box score. So if you're looking for the lifetime strikeout total for Tommy John or the spin rate on Mordecai three-finger Brown's knuckle curve, this is not the place. But if you find yourself searching for ways to avoid the 10-day injured list, welcome. We're your hosts. I'm Mark Butler.
1: And I'm Jackie Micucci.
0: And today we are sliding headfirst into the spikes of weird baseball injuries. Welcome to Bad Hops.
1: Ooh, we going to walk this one off? Is that is that how this is going to happen today?
0: Or we're going to be carted off one way or another. We're, we're, we will leave the field.
1: <laughs> Look out for that wall.
0: <laughs> we're discussing baseball injuries today. And I want to just do a disclaimer for this episode. We are cruel and merciless people. Indeed. I, I think that's fair to state. But we do have limits to our cruelty. We are, we're not monsters. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. We might need a disclaimer for that one as well. Okay. But today, we're not going to be discussing life-threatening injuries or career-ending injuries. Those moments suck the souls out of every attendee and every player from both teams. If you see it happen in person, it's terrible. If you yeah, see it happen on TV, it's terrible.
1: No, we're not, we're not ghouls. We're not here to, hey, let's replay that injury 5,000 times.
0: Oh, yeah. that is. I, I think that's what hell will look like for me is, is mm-hmm. seeing a guy...
1: Get hit in the face with a comebacker over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, with the bleeding on the brain or skull fracture or things like that. But hey, let's watch it like 500 more times because this is a big moment.
1: From every angle.
0: Not to mention incredible sound quality too.
1: Like, ooh, ooh, did you hear that? This is where it hits him. Ooh, yep.
0: I've seen and I've heard too many of those and it sucks. So so we're not going there today. And frankly, we're going to stay off the field almost completely. Okay, maybe a couple. Because freak accidents, avoidable accidents. Well, we will revel in these things because, you know, cruel, merciless, etc. We love injuries, right? Whether it's getting hit with a boulder that you yourself set up to fall on top of you, or you fall off a cliff and you hit every outcropping that's jutting out on the way down, or you put beep, babies, beep. In, babies in the bird seed and you get whammed with a giant magnet. You know, injuries are kind of funny. We have found some really bizarre injuries and some bizarre categories because there are some weird recurring things. One of the things that I wanted to do to kick things off is we know that there's a disabled list, and which is now called the injured list, as of the 2019 season. But I wondered what the history of the disabled list was because... When did people start getting hurt? I think that was on day one. <laughs> I'm not I, sure. I, I don't have proof.
1: I, I'm curious about this because you know, back in the day, right? Just like I said, walk it off, tough guy.
0: Yeah, and you were expected to. Maybe you would only have to pitch eight innings if you if if you're if you were bleeding. I found that the the term disabled list was used as far back as 1887, wow. and was common terminology in MLB. I didn't get a clear sense of what the standards were and, you know, what sort of player replacement or, or alternating lineups factored into it. But it made me wonder who was the first player to go on the disabled list. You, do you know? Because he was a, a New York person.
1: Oh, really? Well, yeah. I know I, it couldn't have been Lou Gehrig.
0: It was Dick Buckley.
1: Dick Buckley.
0: Of the Syracuse Stars. So wow. in April April eighteenth, eighteen 1887, Dick Buckley was listed in the New York Times as the latest player to go on the DL, which, of course, then means that somewhere in the New York Times archives, there is someone else that went on the disabled list.
1: <laughs> One would think so.
0: It didn't say what happened to him. It didn't uh, say how long he'd be out. It mm-hmm. just said he was the latest. So it made it sort of sound like a plague. I did the, uh, the New York Times Times machine, which is always mm-hmm. kind of fun to just do a random sampling. So also on eight, April 18th, 1887, you would, might be interested to know, because this might, might hit home for you. Okay. Long Island police were called out to shut down Sunday baseball games.
1: Oh, no. But what so, were Long Islanders doing?
0: Well, it sounds like they were playing baseball. <laughs>
1: They, so it was the, just to shut down the game, not because there was any rowdiness around the game.
0: No, I think it was probably just the immorality of doing anything on mm-hmm. a Sunday except for going to church.
1: Interesting. Did it say where on Long Island they shut down? Massapequa, Manhasset?
0: That, no? Yeah. That sure. all of those. Okay. <laughs> no, I think it was through I think it was throughout Long Island. I don't think this okay. was the
1: Oh, just throughout Long Island. It was just baseball, bacchanalia all over the place.
0: Yeah. I would guess it would be aware of the baseball fields where that's, that's, my, that's my informed guess. Huh? <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing like starting off a podcast with the Long Island police blotter. And I, but I do want you to know that there was some good news that day as well, okay. April 18th, 1887. And this is, the, this is the stuff that we want to make sure that people know about when we're talking about baseball. We also want to talk about the rich tapestry of life surrounding the game. Because the New York Times reported that a cow with a wooden leg was seen <laughs> quietly munching the new and deliciously sweet spring lawn at West 116th Street and 70th Avenue in Harlem.
1: A wooden leg?
0: A wooden leg. Okay. So good for that cow. He overcame huh. adversity. He overcame a weird injury.
1: I didn't know they made prosthetics for animals back then. I mean, now I,
0: I Didn't know they made them now. Well, they do. (laughs) That I
1: that I didn't know.
0: I don't know. No no pictures, though. Of course, not even a drawing.
1: (laughs) Not even an illustration. Okay, (laughs) I would have loved to have seen that. You know what? If we could find one, I would I would frame it. I'd put it up in my office.
0: I know what to get you for Christmas. There you go. I just need to find somebody that is 150 years old that remembers what that cow looks like. I don't know if Dick Buckley had a weird injury. I do think that the cow in Harlem did. One of the interesting things in researching weird injuries in baseball, there's a lot of recurring themes of things that you wouldn't think of. Now, the obvious one that's, that's technically almost always off field is punching stuff.
1: Or going off the field.
0: <laughs> yes, going, going <laughs> off near the field. The secret if you're going to punch something as a baseball player, the secret is to punch with the hand you ain't using.
1: Yep, never use the pitching hand.
0: And and too many people do that. Now, a very recent example was Devin Williams, who's the up-and-coming reliever for the Brewers. When the Brewers made the playoffs, he, by his, his own admission, got drunk, got frustrated after being drunk, and then punched something. Then he was out for the playoffs. He did not actually get to throw a single pitch in the playoffs. There are other people like Hanley Ramirez who punched an electric fan.
1: That seems like a really poor decision (laughs) on so many levels.
0: At some point, I think he got lucky that that could have easily gone out of the punching stuff category and into the the evisceration (laughs) category.
1: (laughs) Losing a digit category, yeah.
0: (laughs) So there are definitely people that missed the playoffs because they punched a wall. Uh, You know, A.J. Burnett punch swinging doors in the dugout. Good for all those guys. That was an exercise in judgment. I, I feel like that it definitely classifies as an avoidable injury if you yourself punched it. Interesting how many people I found that got injured by getting dressed. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, you know, every so often you get something that's a little like tight or weird button to button or something like that. You lose your balance. I, I could see it happen, but Athletes are supposed to be at peak performance levels. They shouldn't get their arm caught on a sleeve.
1: One would think not.
0: We found a, a, a number of people who got injured playing video games, which is adorable. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's proof that esports are real sports.
1: I guess so. They are now. They certainly Yeah,
0: are. And, and I know you've got one very, very juicy example coming up later on in the show. I do. Um carrying luggage there oh, are, that i
1: believe especially before they put wheels on everything right
0: most of the players that i can cite were of an era where wheels on bags existed they were not carrying steamer trunks <laughs> that's too bad washing dishes and doing laundry a See? number of
1: cleaning people, is hazardous
0: a number of people apparently did the thing that you should, you never do which is to put the knife into the soapy water and then forget about it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We'll move on from that. Although Brett Cecil was cleaning a blender and got injured. I think the blender wasn't on, but there's still a blade down there.
1: A better a blender though than a food processor. Ooh, those are really <laughs> I those those scare me. Those are really well that, sharp that
0: goes into the punching an electric fan category. It, yep, absolutely. <laughs> Playing with kids. Ian Stewart got headbutted by one of his children and missed a game. Uh, Joba Chamberlain dislocated his ankle jumping on a trampoline with his his little kids.
1: Trampolines are dangerous. A lot of people get injured on trampolines.
0: We're going to talk about deal breakers later on in the show too, but I think that maybe trampolines should be in the no fly zone in most they, MLB contracts. They probably should. My favorite from this category, Moises Alou, hurt his knee. When he ran over his son on a bike.
1: OK, he he ran over his son on a bike. Was he in like he ran like was he running? He, he, so I hope he wasn't in a car.
0: <laughs> Lou was on a bike. I believe his son okay. was on, on the ground.
1: OK, I'm just, just checking. Just yeah, checking. no,
0: that I, I realize that's a very tricky sentence to diagram, but yes, but is. also fascinating. A lot of lot of weird categories. Also, celebrating. I love when you get injured. Celebrating. We, I've I've got a good one oh, there. You've too. got a good
1: one. Yes, you do.
0: I will just give a quick shout out to Mark DeRosa, who w- was coming off the injured list, got a high five from Bryce Harper in a game, and the high five re-injured him, and he went back on the on the injured list. Got to wrap yourself in plastic bubble wrap, and just. Don't don't do anything, I think, is the moral of that story. I think so. We are going to do something we've never done before, and we will probably do again because it's a time-tested conceit. We're going to do a top 10 list. Mark and Jackie's Bad Hops presents top 10 favorite injuries because we are cruel people. (laughs)
1: Well, and I will say some of these injuries and th- there's one in particular that I absolutely could see it happening to me.
0: So yeah, top 10 favorite injuries and and this is you know based on an expert panel of me and Jackie. and, and I think that's all you need really. and, and I don't Seriously. want anybody to even attempt to, to disagree with that because what we say is is true. We're, let's start off at number 10 okay. and this is where we should probably have some voiceover, like weirdo come in and do
1: number 10
0: <laughs> thank you
1: <laughs> the voiceover weirdo can be me
0: so <laughs> number 10, number 10. Me is carlos correa the uh, astros shortstop this happened in 2019 although a funny thing about carlos correa when you look up carlos correa injury uh-huh. on google there's way too many choices that, really? that felt gets hurt a lot and apparently gets hurt very easily
1: he's one of our well, classmen
0: 2019, he was placed on the 10-day injured list with a fractured rib and was expected to miss approximately four to six weeks. Now, when asked how he was injured, Correa confirmed that he suffered the injury during a massage at his home. And he issued a statement, I'm extremely disappointed about not being on the field with my teammates. I sustained the rib fracture during a massage at my home on Tuesday. To sustain an injury in such an unusual way makes it even more frustrating, blah, blah, blah. And he later said, I had a scheduled massage like I do every single morning when I'm at home. Unfortunately, it was not like every other day. You know,
1: I always have a a massage scheduled when I'm at home.
0: Watch out for the twists and turns. You might end up getting on at your your next massage. Correa said, I heard a crack when my masseuse pressed on this area over here in my ribs. I looked and said, what was that? Immediately, my side started hurting when I was breathing, when I was walking. At that point, I figured something wasn't right. (laughs) When you you have trouble breathing, that is probably the moment when you should realize that something's not right. His uh, fiance, a former Miss Texas, said she was downstairs during uh, Correa's massage. She said, I heard the noise and I heard the masseuse gasp because it was obviously something, a freak accident. Still something we don't know why and why it had to happen this way. He obviously recovered from that. Just in time to get injured in some other way, and some other way, and some other way. Coming in at number nine.
1: For number nine, I have someone you don't think about at all when you think of injuries, and that's Cal Ripken Jr. And I was actually surprised. I had not heard this story. Apparently, Cal Ripken Jr. broke his nose posing for a photo before the 1996 All-Star Game in Philadelphia. It, and this was before selfies. You know, this is before people had You know, were taking selfies and falling off the side of cliffs and mountains or whatever. What was what happened was so the American League All Star team, they were getting up on some some sort of riser. There's actually video of it. What happened was White Sox reliever Roberto Hernandez was standing next to him, and he slipped. And when he slipped, his elbow shot out and hit Ripken right in the nose. And you can see Ripken, you know, kind of just like go back. His nose was broken, so they sent him to the Phillies physician. What, what do you call those guys? What do you call those guys who take care of the players? The a doctor. The doctor. The doctor. <laughs> the doctor. <laughs> so they sent Rivkin to the, to the Phillies team physician, and Rivkin said he just sort of pinched the nose and like popped it back in place, and he was good to go. They shoved some gauze in it. Rivkin played the game, didn't miss a game because Ripken did not miss game. He's our Iron Man. But you know, he didn't do so well during the 96 All-Star game. He might have might have affected his performance a bit because he he went 0 for three, but of course, didn't use it as an excuse. But you can actually see in photos of him in the 96 All-Star game, he has you can see the gauze kind of sticking out of his nose. But oh, yeah, nice Break, broke his nose, posing for a photo. So let that be a lesson to you kids. All right, we're up to number eight.
0: Yes, number eight is Kendrys Morales, the first baseman for the Anaheim Angels in 2010. I think they were the Anaheim Angels by then. It's hard to remember; they might have still been the Los Angeles Angels. Kendrys Morales was a big deal. He was the the heavy hitting, like up and coming stud. He was 26, star in the making. I, I actually watched this game live. And I was kind of happy because he had a a game-ending grand slam in the 10th against the Mariners. Perfect moment in his career. He rounded the bases, got to home plate, started jumping up and down, and kind of did that funky bounce as Kevin Franzen, who was the Angels on deck hitter at the moment, recalls. He said, we were going nuts. It was something we badly needed. Kendry came around and Jumped on home plate, and then he kind of falls on me. And this is a quote from Kevin Franzen. "Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. Kendrick Morales slipped and collapsed while celebrating. He fractured and dislocated his left ankle. It took him out for the whole rest of the 2010 season and all of the 2011 season. It really derailed his career. He had surgery, had a pin, six screws in his ankle. He did come back. He had a pretty productive career. He, he's got the bling. He won the World Series with the Royals in 2015. Mm-hmm. But he never lived up to that potential again. So never celebrate, kids. Never be happy with what you've done. do the celebrate. moral of that story.
1: Well, you can celebrate. Just don't celebrate by jumping on top of each other. Yes,
0: maybe a single clap.
1: You know, high five. High, why are high fives not good enough anymore?
0: Ask Mark DeRosa about that and he may have sworn off of high fives.
1: Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't bring up there is a not Bryce Harper, but uh, it just reminded me of the Nationals. There's I there's an injury that that I'm not gonna talk about. That's a Steven Strasberg one that's actually pretty funny. It involves hey. Icy Hot and a certain part of the body.
0: Okay. So this is the TV Yes. Before. is there is there a podcast ranking system or rating system?
1: Well, Listen I don't know if icy hot would be happy about this because you're not supposed to put icy hot on this part portion of your body. Let that be a lesson to you, boys. Be careful.
0: <laughs> All right, join us for bad hops after dark. That's right. True story. <laughs> People I, I putting I, putting
1: I, weird things on weird parts of their bodies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the the Jim Rose Circus at Lollapalooza. I think that was the their whole raison d'être.
1: I think so too. All right, now right. we're actually up to number seven. Number seven.
0: Number seven.
1: <laughs> Ooh, that, that was well done. Well done indeed. Number seven is our boy, George Brett. And, you know, maybe at, at some point, Mark, we, we have to talk about that famous George Brett story. I don't know.
0: If George Brett's going to like us talking. You were worried about what Icy Hot might do. I feel like George Brett might be more litigious than the uh, the Icy Hot Corporation. but That's true. That's yeah. True. It's tempting for another Bad Hops After Dark.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could break down that video. Anyway, I digress. So in 1983, George Brett landed on the disabled list. He missed 19 games because... He was at home, he had a day off, right? And and what do you do on your day off when you're a baseball player? You you want to watch TV, right? You know. Sure. So he was watching, he was watching a baseball game. He was doing laundry. His friend, Bill Buckner, who was at that time the Chicago Cubs first baseman, he came up to bat. And now Brett, Brett's a you know, got got to support his buddy. So he ran into the TV room to see Bill Buckner's at bat and he slammed his foot against the door jam and fractured his little
0: toe. Holy cow.
1: (laughs) And you know what? I feel like, and that was all in the name of friendship just because he wanted to see his bud, his at bat. I have no idea though. Like what, what Bill Buckner did at the at bat that, um, George Brett ran into the room to see. I, I'd like to think that maybe he, you know, at least he got on base, but if he grounded out to thirds, all all for naught. But I think that's very sweet that George Brett was was decided that he would just drop his laundry and run into the room to watch his buddy um have his at bat. I thought that was, you know, if you're going to go down, that's the way to go down.
0: I, I assume that George Brett had to go to the ICU after watching the World Series game with bill buckner involved i'm, them.
1: I'm sure he did <laughs> i'm sure he did number six
0: number six marty cordova marty cordova i will admit which is it, a great name marty cordova it is, it, it is like a perfect game show host name it really it is a car dealership name it's yeah I feel like we could do fan fiction about Marty Cordova and not even the Maybe bad hop after dark kind of uh, fan fiction. It could just be PG about a happy car dealer from Brook, Illinois. I don't know.
1: Brook, Illinois. Sure.
0: <laughs> Marty Cordova came in during a blind spot in my baseball fandom. I did not pay a lot of attention to American League teams in the 90s. The strike kind of put me off in the in the 90s and then I I was living in Chicago and was focused on being a Cubs fan and drinking like a Cubs fan and maybe forgetting a lot of things like Cubs fans did in the 90s. So yeah, Marty Cordova was kind of a a, a deal in the 90s, but his injury happened when he played for the Baltimore Orioles as an outfielder in 2002. He got off to a good start. He was rookie of the year when he played with the Twins about 10 years before that. He joined the Orioles, kind of looking for a little bit of a rebound and was pu- putting some clutch hits together for the team. But his legacy in Baltimore really has nothing to do with what happened on the field. He suffered an injury, and even though we, I found a lot of recurring things, I've found no other instances of this situation. Marty Cordova suffered a tanning bed injury. <laughs>
1: what is he a real housewife i feel like that's uh (laughs) that's more of an injury that uh a real housewife would suffer
0: absolutely a tanning bed incident gone wrong he burnt his face because he stayed in for too long i don't know what's a happy ending in a weird injury story maybe we shouldn't do happy endings he did not miss any significant time
1: sorry i was gonna go back to your massage thing keep going
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that, that is also podcast M.A.
1: <laughs> Sorry, we're going to get that E put in front of us, aren't we?
0: That's right. That's right. His manager, Mike Hargrove, took Marty Cordova out of the left field lineup for the, the next day for the day game mm-hmm. because he had been advised to stay out of the sun after burning his face.
1: <laughs> Probably a good idea. Yeah.
0: As Mike Hargrove said in his infinite wisdom, with a twelve thirty game in California, it's tough to stay out of the sun. So I'll DH him today. I think he fully recovered. I think he still has a face. Good for Marty Cordova.
1: Glad he still has a face. Number five.
0: Number five.
1: For number five, I have David Cohn. In June 1998, David Cohn got bitten on the inside of his right index finger by his mom's Jack Russell Terrier puppy named Veronica. It's kind of a freak thing. It's kind of embarrassing, Cone said. A dog bite isn't the weirdest injury. It has definitely happened to other players. I mean, Nolan Ryan stuck his hand in a coyote pen and got himself bitten. But what makes this injury notable is that because Cone had to miss a start because of of the injury, Yankees manager Joe Torre at the time started Orlando El Duque Hernandez in his place thereby launching the career of Mr. El Duque probably would have happened eventually, but happened sooner rather than later because of David Cohn getting bitten by his mom's dog. Just so you know, Veronica lived to a ripe old age. In fact, David Cohn, back in 2012, he tweeted that Veronica had had shook her mortal coil and had died at the age of 16. One of the more fa- famous Jack Russells. I mean, not as famous as Wishbone, but definitely up there. So, All right. yeah, dog bite launched El Duque's career. All right. Number four. Number four.
0: Ioannis Cespedes.
1: Or Cespedes.
0: Cespedes. <laughs> <laughs> I I am going to injure myself by putting names that I did not practice pronouncing. And I did not look up the MLB Helpful Phonetic Pronunciation Guide. I think I got Marty Cordova's name right. So I'm at least one out of 10 here. Ioannis Cispidis played for the Mets, and this happened in 2019. He was a big hitter, one of those guys that kind of came in hot and then got into a slump and people started asking, where are they now? In this case, I'll tell you where, where he was. In 2019, he was already on the injured list after having heel surgery. But where he was specifically was in Port St. Lucie, Florida, where he had a ranch. He apparently had problems with having wild boars invading his ranch. So he set a number of traps to trap the boars.
1: I mean, I know our our yard is just filled with wild boars. We have to put traps left and right.
0: So he had traps to keep boars away from people. I, I do not have a problem with this up to this stage. And this is where it gets complicated. And I apologize to you, Jackie. I apologize to our listeners, because my source for this story is the New York Post. Uh, They're probably nudity or headlessness or something. Or both. Uh, Yeah, headless body and topless bar, right?
1: One of the best New York Post headline ever.
0: According to the news report, one boar was removed from a trap, perhaps by Cespedes, and then either charged towards him or startled him, which caused Cespedes, who, I'll just remind you, was recovering from heel surgery, to step into a hole. So he suffered a fractured ankle that was already coming off of an existing injury and surgery that was going to cause him to miss most of 2019 already. The ankle fracture guaranteed it. And then the Mets did something that's very un-Mets-like. They renegotiated his contract so they could pay him less, since he apparently stepped in a hole running away from a wild boar that he perhaps himself had set free.
1: Who knows? Who knows? I mean, we all know how unpredictable wild boars are.
0: He took a pay cut as a result of this injury. Up until the the date of this recording, he has only taken 31 at-bats ever since. So he's really not the same player that he was even when he was a diminished player. Now he's just sort of answers present to the roll call.
1: Would you ever be the person you were if you had been injured by a wild boar? Probably listen, not.
0: Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm injured by wild boars all the time, and you know what it does to me? It builds character. It
1: does. It's character building those wild boars.
0: And gives you rabies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Extra added bonus. Number three.
0: Number three.
1: OK, this injury made my list because I absolutely, positively could see myself doing something stupid like this and hurting myself. This happened to Adam Eaton while he was with the Padres. This happened in 2001. Now, do you remember that annoying little silver security sticker thing that you would would be on DVDs and CDs and you'd get like the whole shrink wrap off except for that stupid sticker that just would not budge? Do you remember those? Yeah,
0: the theft prevention, the anti-shrinkage sticker.
1: Exactly. The anti-shrinkage sticker that just you just like that was the last piece. You could never get it off. So Adam Eaton was not immune to the frustrations of this thing back in the early aughts. So what did he do? He grabbed a paring knife and he tried to get the damn thing off. Unfortunately, he slipped and he stabbed himself in the stomach with the Ooh, paring knife he was no. using oh
0: in the stomach yeah in the That's... stomach
1: in the stomach so it's like soft fleshy part because he probably had it like down you know down over by his abdomen and just you know to... and he stabbed himself they rushed him to the hospital because he was bleeding but luckily he turned out to be fine so all was forgiven i don't think he ended up on on the uh, injured list because of it but I feel like that is something I would have done. I absolutely, I totally sympathize with Adam Eaton. I remember I hated those things so much. Thank God everything's digital. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about, about stabbing yourself in the stomach.
0: My goodness. I hope he learned something from all of this, which is maybe put the paring knives farther away from your stomach.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes you just like, it's precarious. you just kind of slip and the next thing you know but you shouldn't cut towards yourself i know i, I like i yeah. freaked out uh, an old boss of mine i was opening a package at work and i had a actually an exacto knife and i was cutting towards me and he was like don't cut towards you never towards your body was, okay yeah no that's right you're right
0: <laughs> my my promise to you and anyone listening my promise if i ever see you in in a restaurant if you need a fork i will hand you the fork handle towards you. Thank you. I appreciate times, that. Times towards me. It's okay. literally the least that I could do. I know. You've got um, my six. <laughs> Number two. Number two. Clint Barmas. Clint Barmas. Clint Barmas played for the Colorado Rockies. It was his rookie year, 2005. He was a shortstop. It's kind of a parallels to the El Duque story. He was a likely candidate for rookie of the year. He was on my fantasy team. I. Thought this guy was great. He was, he hit for average. He had pretty decent power for a shortstop, kind of like up and coming guy. And then he went on the injured list mysteriously. He'd fallen down a flight of stairs. It's like, Oh, no. Someone said, how did you come to fall down a flight of stairs? This feels like I'm going to turn this into some weird Norm MacDonald story.
1: It does, I said, actually. Like, they, where, where are you going with this? And then
0: they said, hey, hey, Clint Barmus, how, how, how did you come to fall down a flight of stairs <laughs> with the, down there in, in Colorado? <laughs> he told everybody that he was carrying groceries and he fell down the stairs carrying groceries. It's like, oh, OK, well, that's uh, sorry. Sorry, you fell down the stairs. But then people kept pressing him on it and said, no, what, what what really happened? And he said, well, he didn't want to implicate his teammate, Todd Helton, who was, a, I think, probably a, at least a five-time All-Star at this point. He didn't want to get Todd Helton in trouble. So he didn't tell the whole story, thinking, OK, well, so <laughs> now this feels like it should be a true crime podcast. It what does. did Todd Helton know and when did he know it? Todd Helton gave Clint Barmas a very very large package of deer meat i believe it was in the uh, vicinity of about 50 pounds
1: it's a lot of deer meat
0: so he was carrying this heavy thing of deer meat todd helton was not there he had left todd helton's ranch and had gone back to his apartment so i don't know why he felt that todd helton would get in trouble but you're a rookie maybe you don't know any better you certainly don't want to be the guy that makes trouble for your team so that's fine and so he said that he got the deer meat from Todd Helton and it was very, very heavy and he slipped and he fell and broke his collarbone. So now that Todd Helton's name came up, reporters talked to him and Todd Helton emphasized to the reporters that Clint Barmas had definitely not crashed an all-terrain vehicle at his ranch earlier that day.
1: <laughs> wow, this, this is like a true crime story right here.
0: Yeah, that's exactly the statement that when you're Key witness cracks, and you hadn't even intended to make him a key witness or to crack him. Mm-hmm. The Rockies GM and Upper Brass felt that the deer meat story falling down the stairs was accurate. It's just, it's really weird that Todd Helton would then <laughs> throw this weird monkey wrench into it. Clint Barmas missed three months, something like that, with the broken collarbone. He was replaced by a young shortstop named Troy Tulowitzki.
1: Oh, speaking and, of injuries. Yeah,
0: speaking <laughs> speaking of, uh, but never never falling downstairs with uh, with venison to, to his credit. So
1: that that we're aware of anyway.
0: Yes, that we're that we're aware of, yeah, and that Todd Helton is aware of as well. <laughs> That's too bad for Clint Barmas. He continued to play, but he was never quite as good as he as he started out, and, and lost his shortstop job. The happy ending here is that Clint Barmas credits the injury for him getting serious with the woman he went on to marry. Oh, so I think maybe as you're falling down a flight of stairs, if your life isn't flashing before your eyes, maybe you take a little time as you're tumbling head over heels to think about what's important in life. Good for Clint Barmas. And, you know, the other weird injury here, I just want to point out not to put too much of a Norm <laughs> McDonald to- twist on it. The other weird injury involved here, the deer.
1: <laughs> uh is it a weird injury though? The deer was already dead.
0: Yeah, it's just a just a common workplace injury for a deer.
1: That's right. I mean, you know, what I want to know, I want to get his venison recipes then.
0: Yeah. I wonder if it's uh he does the sous-vide. That's the only way I can do venison.
1: Mm-hmm. It was probably uh, very you are fancy. But it was probably very tender after it fell on top of him. <laughs> Number one.
0: Number one, 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 one.
1: Nice, nice. Joe Zumaya, which is another fun baseball name. Joel Zomaya actually missed time. He was a he was a reliever for the Tigers. Do you remember when the Tigers were good, Mark? Remember when the Tigers were always in the playoffs? It wasn't. Uh, you know, remember it. it used to happen. Yeah. It used to happen. Joel Zomaya ended up missing three games in the 2006 ALCS because he had inflammation in his right forearm. Do you know why he had inflammation in his right forearm? He was playing too much Guitar Hero. Nice. God, if I played Barracuda one more time, because I I just remember that was the song. That was the one song I mastered on Guitar Hero.
0: Sadly, I was really good at Jessica by the Allman Brothers, and I. Oh wow! If I never hear that one again, I, I'm a happy camper.
1: Yep, yep. When I see Guitar Hero, I think bar- Barracuda. Anyway, so. Zumaya said, "My hand just flared up on me. The right hand, the thumb. I couldn't grip the baseball." He said, "Guitar Hero had just come out, and I fell in love with the game, dude. I'm a rock and roll fan. It's a killer game. <laughs> okay. Hell, I'm gonna buy this. Guess I got hurt, dude."
0: This this sounds like someone's lame dad in a bad like '90s sitcom.
1: It's I'm just, a like, just a rock
0: and roll guy. Just a
1: rock and roll kind of guy, you know. He uh, missed time because he was playing Guitar Hero. And actually, after that, Guitar Hero put a disclaimer on the video game, I think, the next version they uh, released. And it said, no pitchers were harmed in the making of this game except for one, Joel Zamiya. He had it coming.
0: Right there, that alone, when you're immortalized on a video game box. Forget MLB The Show. Oh yeah. When I you're when you're immortalized in the small print on Guitar Hero, that that justifies the number one slot for weird injuries.
1: I know. I wish I still had it laying around somewhere. I would have uh, would have looked to see if I had that version of it.
0: That is a that's a pretty solid top ten list. We've got a couple other, a couple quick hits that are too good to not mention. Yeah. So you've got you you you've you've got a manager.
1: I have a manager. Actually, I have an honorable mention, which was just too good for me to pass up. Because, dude, I don't know, dude. See, now that Joel Zemaya has gotten in my head, I don't know how you do this rock and roll. Giants manager Roger Craig cut his hand on a bra strap. Okay. So while the details surrounding what happened are a bit cloudy, apparently Greg appeared in the dugout one day. This was in, I believe, the late 90s, and he had a large gash on his hand. So when the players saw it, they asked him, like, what, what did you do? Like, you have this big cut on your hand. Craig, Craig was, by the way, he was in his late 50s at the time. He just turned around to them and he said, I cut my hand on a bra strap. He didn't divulge any more information than that. Uh, didn't say if who, like if he was taking off the bra at the time, if he was doing laundry, whose bra it was, but he cut his hand on a bra strap. And I will tell you that between the hooks in the back and the underwire, there are a lot of pieces to a bra that you, that are pretty dangerous that you guys probably don't realize, but a, Roger Craig does. Roger,
0: Roger Craig does. He's, he knows. He's, he's been in the trenches.
1: He has been in the trenches or something. But I do love that he just like that, that you know, he just blurted it out.
0: Did you know that all-time pitching great Phil Necro got injured by shaking hands once?
1: <laughs> no. Did he have a firm, hearty grip? Is that why?
0: I, I assume so. There, there are no details. It just kind of was on a, a random list. I do remember Sammy Sosa going on DL from sneezing too hard.
1: Yeah, sneezing is, um, sneezing is a tough one. You can really do yourself a lot of injury with sneezing. Apparently, a sneeze goes through the body at 100 miles per hour. So it's no joke. I mean, especially if you've, you've already have a little tweak in your back or something, you sneeze and it's all over. There are a bunch of players that cut DL sneezing, and that including Russ Springer and Goose Gossage and Mark Valdez. So is sneezing is no joke.
0: Tom Glavin had a broken rib from vomiting because he had food poisoning, which is a more justifiable broken rib than getting a massage. Just just saying.
1: I agree. I have to agree with you on that one.
0: Ricky Henderson once got frostbite from leaving an ace pack on for too long. This has been a disputed story, largely disputed by the person involved in the story. So take that for what you will. But John Smoltz, Claims that he definitely did not burn himself while ironing a shirt that he was wearing, but he does have a burn mark or did have a burn mark that looked a lot like an iron.
1: Yeah, he claimed that 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 didn't happen. Oh, speaking of which, I actually have there is another um, clothing related injury that I found, and that is pitcher Zach Plesak from Cleveland. He got on the injured list, he displaced his right thumb because he aggressively ripped off his shirt and caught his thumb on a chair in the locker room. So I don't know if he was like hulking it. Like, I don't know why he felt the need to get naked so aggressively in the Cleveland locker room, but yeah, he injured his thumb aggressively disrobing.
0: Just going for it.
1: Apparently.
0: We are going to talk a little bit about breaking stuff. I'm going to talk about deal breakers, and you're going to mm-hmm. talk about breaking glass. Yes, I am. You know, when you are doing these avoidable, hilarious injuries that we've been talking about today, if you are doing something you shouldn't be doing, you, you should be getting in trouble. And some here's some famous players who did get in, in trouble. Madison Baumgart. Oh, I'm sorry. You might know him as rodeo star Mason Saunders. Uh, So even though Baumgartner has done some moonlighting as a rodeo performer, he did not get in trouble for this, but he did wipe out on his dirt bike and injured himself and missed some time. Now his contract has a clause saying you're not supposed to be riding a dirt bike. Mm. I'm guessing his contract also now says you're not supposed to be in a rodeo. Now that that's come out, I don't know what the penalty that he paid uh, there was, but he did get in trouble with his team. Jeff Kent with the San Francisco Giants claimed that he broke his wrist while washing his car. Now, there are a lot of people who got injured by washing dishes that seemed plausible that he was washing his car. But then his motorcycle was mysteriously wrecked around the same time that he was washing his car. So I don't know if he was putting his motorcycle on top of the car while he was washing to try to wash both things at once. Or he might have been out riding that motorcycle Aaron Boone tore his left ACL while playing pickup basketball. The Yankees had put a clause in his contract saying that he was not supposed to be playing any extracurricular sports. So the Yankees contended that he was in violation of his contract and terminated his deal. And he lost, I think, about $5 million by having his contract voided because he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. But that's not the top of that list because Ron Gant, who in the 90s held the largest one-year contract in MLB history, he was going to be paid $5.5 million by the Braves. Kind of a big deal hitter, and I, I think was the, the Braves were certainly looking to juice up their their offense. Well, in February, he broke his right leg in a dirt bike accident, never got to play for the Braves, so the Braves had to put him on unconditional release and had to pay 30 days of his salary. So he got about $900,000 and then forfeited close to $5 million in 1994. So that would have been an even bigger sting. I don't know. There's You love these high-flying guys when they're cool and they're doing something really interesting, but then when they mm-hmm. do something really stupid, it's like, you know what? You didn't need to be on a dirt bike, fella. You might have I been able to maybe make $5 million just by not doing one thing.
1: But I think this is when you realize that they're just, most of them are fairly young and they're just young guys doing stupid young guy things, not realizing that it's going to cost them an awful lot of money.
0: These must be really sweet dirt bikes. That's all I can think.
1: I'm, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were. You know, boys and their toys, especially when they've got a lot of money.
0: You're into breaking some stuff as well. I am. Tell us a little bit about the, the glass men of baseball.
1: Yeah, I, this actually—I I really just wanted to talk about a couple, and this is really this has a lot to do with my team, the New York Yankees, and their their propensity to sign men who are made of glass. But I'm going to start with the guy who you think of when you think of God. He played for the Yankees. That's right. But did he actually play for the Yankees? Like, when, like was he actually ever on the field? And that's Carl Pavano. So the Yankees signed Carl Pavano to a four-year, forty-million-dollar contract after the 2004 season. Right? They thought, "Oh, Pavano, great. We need always need pitching." Pavano made just 26 starts in those four years. He had a litany of injuries: right shoulder, back problems, sore elbow, broken ribs. Eventually, Tommy John surgery on his right elbow. Of course, my personal favorite was he ended up with a bruised buttocks. That was probably one of his most notable injuries. He bruised his buttocks, and that's the way they said it: bruised buttocks. You know, he the,
0: they bruised pronounce that, it, They pronounce it in that funny, fancy way. Buttocks. His,
1: <laughs> his, yeah, bru, if you say it long enough, it just sounds stranger and stranger. Bruised buttocks. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) he hurt his butt in the 2006 spring training game, which kept him out until, of course, he ended up with having elbow surgery in March. So he was just a litany, litany of injuries. In fact, they ended he ended up the New York media gave him a nickname and they called him American Idol as an I.D.L.E., his record over those four years and those 26 starts was nine and eight with a five ERA. So, yeah, Carl Provano was a great signing. So, you think, you think that Brian Cashman would have learned from that mistake. And I get it. Pitchers, especially as I mean, as I was going through a lot, of like looking for injuries, pitchers are, are injured a lot. I mean, there were a lot of like very, very good, very like more prior, a lot of famous pitchers who just. They're, they just—they're injury prone. It's a—it's a really weird, weird motion, right? Brian Cashman couldn't shy away from the siren's call of signing Jacoby Ellsbury. In fact, the Yankees actually just stopped paying Ellsbury seven months ago. Do you remember Jacoby Ellsbury? I think you probably remember him more in a in a Red Sox uniform because he was. Mo- he, I think he played. He was actually on the field for bits and pieces of his Red Sox career.
0: I, I mostly remember him from his law firm. It's about time.
1: Ellsbury actually has not been on the Major League Diamond since October 2017, when he appeared as a pinch runner in Game 4 of the LCS. He did score a run, but that would be his final professional game. However, seven months ago, the Yankees finally gave Ellsbury his last payment. He had a five million dollar buyout for their 2021 option. So the final tally, New York paid him over 68 million dollars since the last time he was on the field. So Jacoby Ellsbury, that was that was an that was an amazing signing. Thank you, Brian Cashman, for that that great great signing. And then of course he he went and he did the same thing though he signed Aaron hicks another outfielder who is off injured i mean he was out all of last season he has been known to be injury prone even before he got to the yankees so what did they do they signed him to a seven-year 70 million dollar deal and so the yankees will be kicking around with his bad back and his elbow surgery and his he's had a litany of injuries as well so i really just i don't get it you know what I have noticed though, Mark, do you feel like people are getting injured more and more that the player, we're seeing more and more injuries. I mean, last year it was San Diego, right? They had like 23 guys on the on the the IL and, and, and the Yankees I think back in 2019 or they had at that time had the record for most players on the IL with 13, but thank you San Diego for stepping up and, and uh, <laughs> winning that auspicious title. But yeah, it just feels like guys are getting injured more and more. And I don't know what that's about.
0: I have a friend who is a medical examiner and she told, <laughs> okay. she told me once, I don't think she's ever met a former major league baseball player on the table. She told me that we are lucky if we understand 20% of what goes on in the human body. Like interesting. with all of the science, all of the breakthroughs that we've had There's still a lot of inexplicable stuff. And I think that I bring this up because last year, 2020 season, the COVID shortened season, Mm -hmm. people were getting injured frequently because they were rusty. They hadn't played enough. Well, Mm -hmm. this year, players are getting injured at a similar rate. A lot of, I I don't know how many people actually played all 162 games, to be honest with you. I feel like uh, every team had significant injury problems but it's because they played too many games. It's like okay, so last year in 2020 they didn't play enough games. Mm. In 2021 they played too many games. I don't know. I get I get that the human body is a mystery, but it's so what should we do? Should we have 120 games? Meet halfway on this or but I also know that the drive for performance is heating up too, and mm-hmm. I think I think people are being worked to maybe past the threshold of what they're capable of, certainly, as we're looking at, even compared to like twenty years ago, what we're asking pitchers to do, or we're asking base runners to do, and things like that, are we may be tapping these folks out, and we we might we might have found the upper abilities of ninety nine percent of players.
1: I mean, that's a, that's a fair assumption, and I also think as contracts become bigger and bigger, obviously, you expect these players to be, you know, basically. Be like robots and are we going to get to the point where instead of humans we're actually programming robots that will be playing these games. I know that sounds very futuristic, but hey, esports are a thing right now. So who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I mean I, I think I think there's some truth in that. We are we, you know, training while we've come a long way with training, we expect these big behemoths who can just hit a ball as far as 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 possible. Like we expect these guys to perform at a level that are we getting to a point where it's just not human for these guys to be able to perform like this on a consistent basis and baseball is a game also where, you know, you're, you're stopping and starting a lot. It's not like you're, you're out there in April on the East coast when it might not be particularly warm and you're busting it out to first base. Like you're not warmed up, of course the potential for injury, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think that maybe we are pushing these guys to the limits of what they can do. And I wonder, some has got to give at some point.
0: Yeah. I think this might be the curse of the metric age. It's, fun to sit at a game and beef about some guy that you personally hate, and you can calculate how many millions of dollars per strikeout that he's making. But mm-hmm. you know there's an assistant GM who's also doing that that calculation. For sure. And probably having money talk to the point where they're going to burn out some of these guys because you're not getting your your money's worth out of this guy cuz he's 0.05 seconds too slow on his move to first base or something like that.
1: You're right though that with the metrics like hey this you know these are when we talk about like stats and 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 metrics and, and data that they they're using in baseball i think one of the things we tend to not realize is that these are we're also dealing with human beings so human beings well you can have all this data and say well you should throw this pitch at this time and this this pitcher he gets tired at this point we're also dealing with human beings who have personal lives and things going on outside of of baseball so you it, it can't just all be stats but now we're getting waxing philosophical.
0: <laughs> yes. In conclusion, where In is it? In conclusions.
1: The love? <laughs> exactly.
0: I, I do like that we got. Very serious and very compassionate on the weird injuries episode too. Um, Exactly. But it's funny when they hurt themselves getting dressed.
1: Well, sure. Because you know what? It's it's just like you and me. I mean, just, you know, we all do stupid things. We all, you know, we might hurt ourselves putting on our shoes in the morning or, or wrench our back with a particularly hearty sneeze. So, yeah.
0: That's also why we stayed away from on-field injuries too, because the if you know what, if you're exhausted and you can't you can't protect against that comebacker, it's gonna it's gonna break your nose and worse. What else you got? I got something. I know you do. Uh, do you know, based on my exhaustive research, which is now in the six to seven hours category, which is pretty good for a free podcast, right? But Sure. Did you know that in the olden days people didn't get hurt? No. Nope. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. I think well, they didn't get hurt weirdly. I think
1: oh, I is it think... because they just died weirdly? <laughs>
0: yes. That's so join us for the next episode. <laughs> Bad hops we investigates oh. weird deaths.
1: <laughs> telling you true crime, true crime podcast.
0: Yes. Because there's well, not
1: enough of those.
0: I think we've got some true crime incidents that we might look into
1: uh, later we're, on down we're... the road. We are. I, I love my true crime, so we're definitely going to do some true yeah. crime baseball.
0: And we're going to find ju- justice beyond uh, Justice Sheffield and David Justice. In the olden days, when things happened, I think there was a gentleman's agreement between the owners of the ball clubs and the reporters, who in some cases worked for the same people, possibly the Tribune Company in Chicago. Comes to mind. Babe Ruth missed quite a few games. It's largely accepted that it's because he overdrank, overate, oversmoked, over caroused, but he told reporters that he had had too much soda pop. And the reporters kind of left it at that. Now, maybe you didn't want to tell the real Babe Ruth story in a PG newspaper account, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the world might not have been ready for that. I just was not finding any unique colorful, interesting injuries prior to, like, I don't know, 1970, I think, was, was my limit. If it was a serious injury, it was treated seriously. If it was a kind of a an oddball thing that might have drawn the player's character into question, they might have just said he missed a few games and just mm-hmm. left it at that. So, a little, little bummed about that. But I did find a couple of juicy 100-year-old-plus incidents. Clarence and of course, you remember Clarence Lethen,
1: I was a big Red fan. Sox. Yeah, big fan. Uh,
0: who who wasn't? I mean, he was great. He bit his own butt, or sorry, as you would say, buttocks. But-
1: buttocks. He bit his own buttocks. What well, was he? Is it was was it because he was very nimble? Was he a, a contortionist?
0: <laughs> yes, he wasn't. He wasn't that good. I can only imagine what pl- players looked like in general hundred years ago. But I don't think nimble really came into the picture. All these big, like bulky, burly dudes. No, he carried his dentures in his back pocket and he sat down too hard and uh and, ouch. Yeah, bit himself. Yeah. Malachi Kittredge. I'm gonna have to actually pull up my notes on this one. Of course, we're we're huge Kittredge stands here on Bad Hops. We oh, for sure. uh, I I think we actually maybe. I, I I think there's some other stories we might want to dig into with him.
1: Well, it, it's but a great that's a great name too, though, Malachi Kittredge.
0: I do feel guilty about reading this. Off of the internet, because I feel like in 1904, I should be reading something off of Onion Skin. Malachi Kittredge played for the Washington Senators. Mm-hmm. And he was the team's catcher and had also been the, the team's manager until the team went one in 16. The vice president of the team, William Dyer, started playing players in cash. They paid Bill Coughlin, the third baseman, his entire salary of $200 in $1 bills. Make of- it
1: rain. Make it. Sorry, I'm making it rain here.
0: <laughs> That's right. Insert make it rain uh, sound effects.
1: Are there? Are there make it rain sound effects?
0: I think maybe you could do that. The New York hip hop station's air horn sound effect.
1: Oh, yeah. Except I'm gonna look into that.
0: Except that we're talking about 1904, so I think we need more of like an Ooga sound. <laughs> <laughs> Malachi Kittredge wasn't as lucky as his teammate when he got paid. He got paid mostly in dimes and nickels. Oh, I guess in nineteen o four in times when maybe you didn't trust the banks and things like that he he carried his salary in his pockets.
1: Oh, clanking along.
0: He brained his ankle because he had so much crap in his pockets and was sloshing around. Then he missed a train and therefore missed a game because he had sprained his ankle and was not able to catch up to a train leaving the station.
1: Oh, all those nickels weighing him down.
0: This all sounds kind of apocryphal, but it's too charming to think of kind of an underperforming catcher manager (laughs) with a pocket full of $300 of change running to catch a train and having a sprained ankle as a result of it.
1: I'm just picturing like big bulky pockets like clanking on each end with, yeah, nickels, nickels, nickels.
0: So if we were to tell young players today, have we learned anything from this episode? Is, is there something that we could tell folks how to have a long, healthy career? Don't punch stuff.
1: Don't play video games.
0: Don't play video games. Don't wash dishes. Don't do laundry. Never sneeze. <laughs> Never vomit. Don't celebrate. Never Don't celebrate. run over your kid on a bike.
1: Don't play with your kids. You know what? They can amuse yeah. themselves.
0: Don't shake hands. And if you're going to play with a dog, Make sure it's a nice dog and make sure it is a dog.
1: Or maybe muzzle it before you play with it.
0: But you know what? You're also getting paid at least a million dollars a year. And not in nickels. Yeah, not in nickels, not even in dimes. So hire somebody to do the stuff for you. And maybe put those the pads on the corners of all of your furniture.
1: That's right. Hire someone else to do it for you. The fans are heading home, the grounds crew is on the field, and we will see you next time at the ballpark. That's our pal Ron Lewis on the Stadium Organ. And I'm Jackie Micucci.
0: And I'm Mark Butler.
1: And this was Bad Hops. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or account of this podcast without the express written consent of Bad Hops is prohibited. Unless you like us, review us, or subscribe to Bad Hops. Find us at Bad Hops Podcast on Insta and everywhere else. Until next time. Time. Bye.
0: Stay safe, everybody. Bye.